Ginsters are magical. We had a ginger in the band for a while. Well, we constitute less than 1% of the total. All right. I got it figured out, guys. Woohoo! We are on air. We are live. Sweet. Welcome to another awesome episode here with. Oh. Get that. Okay. That was you. That was me. Yeah. All right. Sorry for the unprofessional. Anyways, welcome to another awesome episode here of Staying in Trouble with Eric and Adam. And we are so honored to have uh, Chad and Jalinda Smith from Hemlock in the studio. Thanks for having us. And this is our first time going live. So uh, we are super excited about this and super excited to get this out there. We, we are live to be alive during these crazy times. That dude, I couldn't put it even better. <laughs> there's no way I would have done better. Well, <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah, Adam, there's nothing wrong with Adam. No coughing. We took his temperature before we started today, so no one has to worry. So, yeah. dude, the, this is just my sexy voice, man. Uh, it's this it's is nice just outside in Hendertucky today. Sun is shining. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, everything else is burning right now. Like at 102, everything starts, you know heating up you know ready to start going swimming every day yes yes matter of fact i may go swimming after this you got them flip-flops on heck yeah, yeah i'm ready <laughs> tickle those toes heck yeah man so we are so grateful you're here uh i i know a lot of people probably wish you weren't here and you were wish you were somewhere else we have fun wherever we're at oh i know but yeah we were supposed to be in switzerland tonight starting our tour for six weeks first show was tonight in seeding in switzerland and it uh, didn't happen, unfortunately, but there's also worse things that could have happened, you know. So we just postponed it. It's not reset up yet, but we're kind of thinking March, April 2021, you know, something like that. So, so how, how yeah. many, sorry, how many shows totally total did you have planned in Europe? We were supposed time? to do two warm up shows in Kansas and Missouri this last weekend. Friday and Saturday, and then we were going to fly out two days ago, land in Germany, stay at our friends. We were going to have a day to get the motorhome rental and all the equipment, and we were going to drive to Switzerland yesterday, And which I do the driving overseas. It's pretty fun to not be able to read signs, but still make it up as you go. A lot of, the, <laughs> And when you have to drive on the left side of the road, that happened, uh, was that last year or a year and a half ago? That was pretty in- interesting over in England uh, of a normal car that we rented so the side of the car in germany that is the same as in america but then we took a ferry over to england so when i was driving the motorhome i was sitting how do motorhomes fit in england barely scraping and squeezing it gets tight over there for sure yeah wow and uh so i was driving close to the sidewalk instead of the middle line if you picture it because it was all backwards in england and then we took the ferry back over Mm -hmm. and over back to france and then and we told the guys he said no radio. You got to pull that mic. We told the guys no radio and no distraction uh, because I had never drove a motorhome in Tight Street, England. Because, of course, all those roads were built for a horse and carriage and all yeah. that back then. No distraction. Even if I look like I'm going to hit something, don't yell in the background because I don't want you to spook me and make me drive the wrong way on a roundabout or something. And uh, so we didn't listen to the radio for two or three days until I got used to driving on the left side of the road. And we're like, all right, I finally feel comfortable enough with it because it's like skating totally backwards or whatever, driving goofy foot. 
And the first song on the radio was To Become One from the Spice Girls. <laughs> it was great. We were like, yes, Spice Girls in England on the left side of the road driving. And there's so many roundabouts everywhere. And it's really weird when you're in a roundabout that has six stoplights within the roundabout. What? Huge. Roundabouts within roundabouts Sometimes within roundabouts. There's a roundabout with like flowers of roundabouts around it. But I didn't hit anything. I did good. Don't be scared. I didn't know. <laughs> you got to put so, the mic close. Yeah, we were supposed to be in France, England, Belgium, Switzerland, Czech Republic, which I love Prague, Czech Republic. We were going to be there. Awesome. We went to the Bone Church two years ago, which is really Oh, crazy. I saw pictures of that. That was wild. Yeah. And it's insane when you're there and you're like, this isn't Disneyland where it's plastic skulls and ceramic or porcelain. I said, this is real human skulls and femurs and vertebrae decorating this church. Wow. It costs three bucks to get in, but you know how... Uh, people say bones. I, I, yeah, it costs three bones to get in. Yeah, great money. I love all the pictures. Those old church buildings. They have those. Are they gargoyles or those yeah, little things all over the outside I of the? It. I love it. I didn't know. I always just thought they were to scare away spirits, which some of them are, but the bad spirits. But then a lot of them are actually functional rain gutters because it makes the rain come three feet off of the building before it runs down the side of the building. So it's decorative rain gutters so, and ghouls. And so when it pours oh, wow. rain, you might have a guy squeezing a chicken with its mouth open and the water comes gushing out of the chicken's mouth. Really? <laughs> Tell them about our favorite one. My favorite That's a good one. sense of humor right there. Oh, I love yeah. it. They were crazy. And they hand carved all this stuff in these huge, they call them domes, the big cathedrals. And like the Cologne Dome, it's beautiful. And they're just huge to where you're like, how in the world did they lift those bricks and that stone and the masonry work and all that stuff? I love it. I love all the history and all the stuff and realizing how many wars that they've withstood and just yeah. all of that. But in Freiburg, Germany, I don't, I think I'm still like Beavis and Butthead where I just think all that kind of stuff is funny and I laugh at all the silly jokes. <laughs> but in Freiburg, Germany, there's this beautiful church car beautiful and i went to this little store across the street and i saw this postcard and there is a gargoyle and they're all carved different so some might be like a a demon some might be a cow some might be a rabbit some is a, a guy pouring out a bucket of water and they're all like rain gutters on the building so it doesn't stain the building yeah and i see a postcard at this little store and it is a guy bent over hanging onto the church carved and the water comes out his butt <laughs> Are you serious? And I started it's laughing. It's a lot of diarrhea just, right there. Just the back end and I started screaming and I started laughing. I think I freaked out these little German ladies. I'm like, no way is this. Where is this? I got to go see this. Is this on this church right here across the courtyard? And they're like, yeah, it is. I said, first of all, who in the world the church. came That's up awesome. with this? Yeah. And they yeah. hand carved it to where it's hollow and the rain comes pouring out of the butt of the guy hanging onto the side of the church. I said, and why would they allow this? And why would it stay up for this many years? I love it. I got to go see this. Give me three of those postcards. I need to send them to my friends. And as luck would have it, it was raining that day. It was oh, raining that day. Oh my so I went over to the church and I stood underneath and let all the booty juice <laughs> come out all over my face. And I was laughing and I was like, oh, the booty juice from the rain gutter. But it's all the rain gutter. And it turns out that the story is that the guys that were carving all of the gargoyles on the church didn't like the store owners across the courtyard and that was their way of kind of giving them the finger and saying screw you guys over there and they carved it and it's been on that building for hundreds of years wow so oh i bought gosh. a postcard of it because we were talking we were talking jokes. Our living room wall. we have one in our living room wall i sent one to our friend al jorgensen from ministry and i said blessings from the booty juice of this church you know or whatever and i sent <laughs> the other postcard to carrie king from slayer because i thought it was so funny we were talking about all the yeah. old churches 
So I sent them the, it's in Freiburg, Germany, if you ever go there. Freiburg yeah. Booty wow. Juice. Yeah. Coming to a store near you. Yeah. I, I love it. I can't believe they allowed it, let alone left every it up time, for hundreds of every years. Every time we go to that town, let's go see it again. See, this is how crazy I am. And this is not a good reason to, but I would just attend that church for that reason alone. Well, and also this church <laughs> had amazing stained glass work. Stained glass. Oh, who cares? I mean, no, once no. you get to booty juice, booty I, 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 booty I, I, booty I get Booty juice was stained, the best. The stained glass is all, like, at first, like, oh, that's really pretty. And then you start looking, and you're like, is that guy sawing that guy's head off? Every single it's picture depictions is very of the Bible, gory. but really gory stained glass. I said, why would they commission <laughs> this? And they're like twisting, and they're like, uh, the where they draw them, uh, drawn and quartered, where they pull yeah. the guy, yeah, pull the horse, guy with the horse. Yeah. And they have another glass. one where they're like drowning a guy, another one where they're shanking a guy with a knife, like through the eye. Wow, no fear. And no just, fear. And I'm like, this church is pretty down to earth. This is cool. Down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's below the earth. And yeah. I'm like, this would be. And then, and then we went out an extra. We came in a side door, and we thought we set off an alarm. It's like, Ee! and then those old cathedrals. It's all stonework, and we thought we set off a, a, a fire alarm. alarm yeah. And it was echoing in the church, but it turns out they were tuning their pipe, pipe organ that day. So they were. So we had fun in Freiburg, Germany, but I love it, and I'm excited to go back, and I don't oh, want to sure. keep harping about, you know, this and that and that. But That's all if good. you ever get a chance to European travel, I say do it because it's so amazing how many things are out there. When we were in Italy, you're like, this is where the Colosseum, this is where the gladiators used to fight. It's just neat to go to Olympia, you know, where the first Olympics ever were, and I'm like, man, this is so cool that we're actually here. So I love to travel and I'm excited when all of us are allowed to travel again. Yeah. And hopefully that's soon. Hopefully so, that's yeah. Soon. I mean, Chad, you guys, you know, you guys have been, you know, performing for, you know, many years. What, what was it like the first time? Like now you, like you're talking about this tour that's coming up, you know, that we, we just missed. When was the first time you hit, hit Europe? First time we hit Europe was 2006, seven, 2007. And uh, it's unreal. I mean, the first time it's, I liked, I mean, I'm just a goofball and I'm like a little kid still, even though I'm the ripe young age of 42, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it, but still thinking my brain, I'm 16, keep it to yourself. <laughs> 16 years old, you know? So the first thing I was like, we're traveling into the future. We're traveling till tomorrow, you know, cause you fly and you yeah. skip forward all the stuff. So you get there and it's just unreal when you're over in Germany or you're over in Hungary and people start screaming along the words and you're like, this is just mind blowing. It's insane. And you're super thirsty in this crazy little club in Germany and you go to get, uh, can I get a glass of water? And they give it to you and you pound it and it's warm seltzer water. And I didn't realize, I was like, what? You're trying to get a big thirsty drink, but they have bubble, <laughs> bubble water over there and just strange things where you don't really understand until you're actually there. And it's funny and you're like, this is where the Berlin Wall used to be and just all the crazy cool things. I mean, I like I like all the U.S. history. I love all the world history. I love to travel and I just want to go meet people. We were in Budapest, Hungary, and there's a guy over there that barely speaks English. He's a good friend of ours, but I don't really know how to communicate that well with him other than smiles and music. You know, yeah. he named his tattoo shop in Budapest, Hungary after one of our songs. And he had me draw a hemlock logo on his leg and he got it tattooed. And I was like, it's just unreal that we have a diehard friend that, I mean, it's just crazy how That's the world awesome. wakes. And music yeah. is the binding glue of all of it, you know? I mean, there's so many times we'll go over somewhere and they start talking politics or they start talking 
things and I'm like, nope, we're just here to play music. That's the, that's the, the that's one it. thing to connect us all. And, you know, so. yeah. Well, since you like history. Yeah. Let's go back. All right. Let's go. Dude, let's go on a history back. back. So just a little, little bit of a backdrop. Chad and I grew up together. Chad and I are first cousins. We aged. We never grew up. No, 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 no. <laughs> but but way back in the day, and uh, I was I was thinking about this show all day long and thinking about all uh, year long, not all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, growing up together, and uh, back in I, I know the band started what ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. But going back to maybe eighty nine, nineteen ninety. Yeah. You and I, and I found the picture. I'm gonna have to show it to you after the show. But I'm, I, I found the picture. And I recognize a couple of the other guys in it, but we're these young guys and we're just out playing around. One, one of us holding a, a rubber chicken. Okay. So anyways, so the one story I remember, I remember your brother Brian yep. and was it Rich? Richard, yeah, Richard Burdett. Yeah, those guys started in the music a little bit before you did. They were like right? two years before because they didn't have a bass player, so they talked me into it later. But yeah, they were starting earlier. So, so Chad's house, Chad grew up on Meyer Street. And uh, his dad, Kevin, terrific carpenter, added on the home, and he has like this half sunken basement. Yeah. What do you even? I, I don't even know if you call it, it was a basement. An addition, but it was like six feet underground instead of a full all the way underground. It was yeah. Like a half basement, and then half, and then the other the half stairs at the top. Yeah. So, so Brian has a drum set up, and Richard's playing the guitar, and they're probably playing some. 80s hair band cover type music, yeah. you know, going to town. And so Chad and I would always sneak up on the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We Go were... ahead. People want to hear from you, man. <laughs> it's a great story, man. No, we used to always goof around and we would, you know, teenagers do what teenagers do. But we had this great plan that we thought it was funny to pop the breakers. <laughs> so then that way, when you pop the breakers when they're jamming, which also yep. isn't good for amplifiers to pop the breakers. But we didn't know that then. We, we just thought. I think we might have known, but we didn't care because yeah. we were just goofing around. <laughs> and we were out riding our bicycles around and we would go out in the desert and then we'd come home and we'd hear guitar and drums, J&J, probably playing Guns N' Roses or something. So me and Adam were like, let's pop the breakers. And it's so funny because you hear everything go, and then all you hear is drums. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So we did this a few times over the course, and we thought it was so funny. So then we started having to up our game. Yeah. Like, next time we do it, let's do it. And that was when they had Phil actually jam yep. with them. So they had the PA set up, and they were probably playing Black Sabbath or something. Some like, old school. Let's pop the yeah. breakers. But this time when they come out to turn the breakers back on, let's climb up on the roof and throw water balloons on Yes. <laughs> so pop the breakers, bucket full of water balloons already ready up on the roof. You hear everything go, and then you see the drums Hey, what's going on? What's going on? They, by then they think, I think they knew it was us, but they came out mad because of course they were in the middle of jamming. Right. So then we start bom bombing them with water balloons and uh, it didn't go over so well. They got Your brother just mad. tuned in. Oh, what's yeah, up? So now he's yeah. listening. How many of you guys fell on a nail on the roof? Oh, uh, I don't know. We did it a bunch of times. <laughs> well, the one time I remember we did it and they started up in their game. So Phil comes out with bottle rock. Oh yeah, he shot and, bottle rockets. And his there. yard was elevated, so there was like a little fence in the front yard. But then, what was that like a five foot drop to the sidewalk? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. there was a wall. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to jump over the little metal decorative fence, yeah, that was like maybe what three feet. Yeah, and then, and then it was a five foot drop. Now I'm talking as a kid. You go back to the street, it's probably, probably two feet. But for a, like a twelve year old kid, yeah, 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 dude. So we hit the breaker. We run around the house. 
and we know they get pissed because you start hearing this profanity coming out of the house. They're pissed, and you only hear the drums. You hear this guitar playing, then all of a sudden it goes quiet, and you just hear. Doo, 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 doo. So and all the lights are off in the house. Yeah, too, everything. <laughs> so we come running out. We jump over, and all we hear is that you know that distinct whistle of a bottle rocket. I forgot. Zoom, zoom, zoom! Right <laughs> over our head, and they're just launching bottle rockets at us. <laughs> And now, obviously, this was back in the 80s in Nevada where this valley was super cool. Yeah. You could buy bottle rockets at 7-Eleven. Dude, they were launching them. Dude, we were running that, down yeah. Meyer Street, and they just kept launching bottle rockets at Water us. balloons, bottle rockets, breaker popping. I mean, it was great. Good old days. Yeah. Good old yeah. days. We Good used to times. have some fun times. We threw the cat bus used to drive up and down Myers Avenue and we used to launch water balloons. Somebody I know used to launch water balloons at the cat bus. <laughs> no, it wasn't the cat. It, what was it called? Yeah. The bus yeah, always the went down. Bus was, yeah, but the it cat did. bus. No, yeah. but back in the eighties, it was, it was something, it was something else. else. It was nasty but back it was, then. It was a big old black bus. bus. We, we would nail it a few times. And then one of the days, yep. and everybody in the bus <laughs> back and forward, you know, True story, man. and uh, we're like, Oh, Somebody I know, yeah, somebody I know is yeah. like, oh, crap, the bus driver stopped. I have to not cuss. I'm getting excited thinking about these funny stories. And my Uncle Terry was there jamming at the same time. So he pulls the couch up from the wall and jumps behind the couch. The bus driver comes up and uh, banging on the door. If you launch the water balloons on the cat bus and all these people are sitting in there like looking around, I'm going to call the cops on you. Blah, blah, blah. But that was about the fifth or sixth time of us doing that. So we didn't water balloon the cat bus anymore after that. Yeah. One of the other times we got the cat bus good was when we were out cruising. Were you with me when we got all the we, – we borrowed – somebody I know borrowed all the one-way signs. I like how you preclude that. Someone I know. Someone I know. A story I heard from a friend of mine. I want to say that I think my cousin – Yeah. I'm not going to say any names. Me and my cousin, we got all the one-way signs. It's not called the cat bus anymore, right? No, no, it's like so we can say these stories without getting in trouble from the cat bus. Yeah, it's like no, we old. we were already past the statute of limitations. We can tell these stories. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Chad Smith, and my cousin <laughs> Adam Short. <laughs> we got all the one-way signs, and we were bored, and we were kids, and we thought it was funny to set up the one-way sign right in front of Basic High School because we knew that was the route <laughs> of the cat bus. So the cat bus came down. And it went around the block, yeah. and the one-way side put it around another block, and he did it three different loops. And we were talking <laughs> behind the garbage can, yep. laughing. He got in this vortex of one-way signs, <laughs> and he did it three times. And we were hiding, just laughing, thinking that was so funny. And, of course, you see him put the big old bus, <laughs> everybody in the bus rocking back and forth because yep. he slams on the brake. He gets out, he looks around, he's yelling, throwing his arms up, and he slides the one-way sign out of the way, and then he goes on with his route. And, I don't know why we used to think that was funny, but it was. I mean, I'm laughing still even now. It was great times growing up over there because I lived a few streets over on Shoshone. Yeah. Over. Oh, oh, over in the trailer park. Yeah. And man, dude. Now we had a good time: bicycle ride and lizard hunting, bottle rocking, all kinds of good stuff. But. Yeah, dude, it was it, dude, good times growing up there. So, so we were messing around for a few years. But then you decided to pick up. Yeah, the Brian bass. and Richard wanted to do the band, and uh, they said they needed a bass player. And this was when I went to Brown Junior High. I think I was in seventh grade. Home of the Bears. Brown. Yes. Yeah. B. Milan Brown. Woohoo! And. Um, <laughs> 
So in no, Brian and Richard, but our, our boys go there. So yeah, no, it was fun school. I had a good time there for real. And my, Brian and Richard wanted a bass player, and I said they wanted me to do it. And they said if I could learn how to play "Appetite for Destruction" on bass guitar, the Guns N' Roses album, from front to back. Who doesn't know that? And if I could also learn how to play Metallica "Ride the Lightning" on bass guitar, that I was allowed to be in their band. It wasn't named Hemlock yet, but I was allowed to be in their whoa, band. Whoa, I didn't know this part. They gave you assignments. To be in the band? Well, I had to be good enough to be able to shred, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. And I and I had played trumpet at Brown Junior High Marching Band because uh-huh. I wanted to play drums, but they already had enough drummers. So I, they assigned me to trumpet. So I learned how to read treble clef, and I knew how to read music for, you know, as good as a seventh grader yeah. that I could or whatever. Yeah. That liked throwing water balloons more than practicing trumpet. <laughs> but so when I started trying to transfer over to bass clef, it confused me even more because I knew the notes where they were at the range in the treble clef, and I didn't understand the difference. So I actually just started reading tab- tablature, which is the way of like, you know, it says put your number, put your finger on the fifth fret. So then I learned how to play Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, and Metallica, Ride the Lightning from tablature music. And then I was allowed to be in the band. So then me, Brian, and Richard started jamming, went through a bunch of different people trying to do vocals here and there. And I remember all that. Some people would do all right, and then they disappear, or some people just would never show up for practice. And I was doing background vocals, and we said, you know what, we want to go heavier anyways, forget it, let's just name it Hemlock, is basically around all the same time. And I switched basically from doing background vocals, which I would do half of a verse anyways, mm-hmm. and started doing lead vocals. We didn't have a very good PA, and I also didn't know how to sing very good, so I learned how to scream really good at a ripe young age of 15, which probably <laughs> has made my vocal cords as thick as a thumb right now. And I've been screaming for the last 27 years as a, I don't know if it's called a profession, but... Uh, I would call it a profession. A yeah. very exclusive hobby. I don't know. Yeah, exclusive <laughs> hobby. Yeah, there we go. But no, we've traveled around the world and had fun and grew up in Henderson. And now we've been all over the world playing music as Hemlock for the last 27 years. So what did you think? Like, uh, how did you how did you make that jump? Because, I mean, Hendertucky back in the day was literally Hendertucky. Like, so I, Chad, I grew up on the other side of town. I grew up in the northwest part of town. And, like, you know, it was back then when tickets to Pearl Jam were like 20 bucks, yeah. you know? And uh, I saw him at the Aladdin where he was so wasted to drink wine out of a shoe. Eddie Vedder couldn't sing the songs very good. I was there. So, <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I mean, music was not like huge, right? Lounge acts were, lounge yeah, acts. were like yeah. legit lounge we were just acts. talking about Rage Against the Machine and Pennywise and yeah. Lagwagon and all that stuff. Like it was more underground. And back then it also seems like the punk scene and the metal scene were more divided because I remember you know, and skaters, when we used to skate oh, yeah. the water ditch up there, yep. people would drive by and they're like, skater die! Yeah. yell, yeah. throw bottles. I remember mm-hmm. all, it used to be divided. It wasn't, you know, as crazy. But Hemlock, and it's crazy because even when you listen to old Slayer music, a lot of their stuff is punk rock roots. It's fast beats. It's fast thrash. I mean, and it kind of blended too. And we started playing a lot of desert parties. And we started out in Henderson, of course, playing at basic high school talent shows and the gymnasium assemblies. I so there was remember a riot. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. It turned into a good riot. Times. People were moshing. It was crazy. And uh, then we started playing the Elks Lodge. And from there, we started moving to desert parties. And I remember we played the tubes way out on the other you side. You just said Elks Lodge. Elks just, Lodge. Just 
just to say I didn't know that that was a I didn't know that we was started the Elks Lodge. Yeah, we used to rent it for three hundred bucks, and we would charge five bucks to get in, and we would split up all the money between our friends band in Boulder City, Mindset Rage, and Unconscious Knowledge and Hemlock. We'd always do shows together at the Elks Lodge, and we'd have 200, 300 kids show up, five bucks a piece, and do it all ourselves. I mean, we always just figuring out ways to do it, which also is another story where the cops came one time after us doing it like 20 different shows at the Elks Lodge in Henderson. Mm -hmm. The cops came one time, the Hendertucky police, the Popo, yeah. and they said we didn't have the right permit, even though we had paid the $300 to rent the Elks Lodge, but they just didn't want all the kids going to the Elks Lodge for a show. This right. is after like show 20. So they shut it down, which obviously pisses off a bunch of angry teenagers, teenagers. that were, you know, they wanted to see some bands. Yeah, they're for everybody the show. paid their five bucks. We gave people their money back and we said, all right, if everybody comes to the B Mountain and helps us change it into an H for Hemlock, we'll buy you 69 cent breakfasts at the Lake Beats Grounds when we're done. So we all went up to the B Mountain and took the top and the box. So people we knew, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's been long enough. So we went to the B Mountain, the band, and probably 30 or 40 of our friends went up and took the top of the B and the bottom of the B off of the B Mountain in Henderson and changed it to an H for Hemlock. That's we a lot of work. It was. Just for you, I've been on the mountain. I'm not, People I, I didn't graduate from fingers, basic, yeah. but I've, I've helped uh, kids and I helped uh, line up the queue. And dude, that's it's it's a way lot bigger of when yeah, you get up there. Way bigger. Yeah. So we smashing fingers, flipping rocks upside down. We changed it to an H, and for years it was messed up pretty bad because of some people I know. And then we went <laughs> we went to the Lake Mead Lounge after that and bought everybody bacon and eggs and toast for sixty nine cents a piece or whatever it was at the LML. And uh, instead of having a show, but that's how it's been all along. Is with Hemlock, it's not really about the fans. We become friends with everybody. Like we know so many people and have met so many friends that uh, I mean all around the world. I mean, there's people in Roswell, New Mexico, people in Miami, people in New York that is just cool because we wouldn't have ever met them if it wasn't for us jamming in oh, the garage sure. in Henderson, you know, and playing music and been to places that, you know, we never ever would have even dreamed of going. I didn't think we were ever going to play in Budapest, Hungary or in Prague or in Clendenno, uh, Wales. See, double L is a, I didn't know that until two years wow. ago. I just learned that. Yeah. Usually I have to do that when I have right before I have to spit. They said it sounds like phlegm. It's white noise in the double L. And I'm probably not even doing it right, but Glenn doesn't know. Yeah, we did a show there just a couple years ago. It was cool. But and did you know that Buddha was one city and Pest was one city and the river runs between? So together it makes Budapest. They were two different cities. I knew it was two two rivers, mm. but I didn't know it was basically. Yeah, I didn't river. know that until we were there or something like that. I'm probably, I didn't know I was going to learn so much in this I'm show. I'm probably spouting yeah. false history or something. I don't know. <laughs> nah, but that's no what they told us. That's what yeah. I was told. Yeah, yeah. So, we, we have so Jen, what when do you like you when do you think personally like you're like obviously the first milestone was like hey you got accepted into the band. When is it like you felt like you know what um, a rock star? Like when was that moment? Mm. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> uh, we always it's it's different steps. I mean, it's kind of like reading a book and all the chapters. I don't have a favorite show. I don't have a favorite album. It's just all part of the growth because it's been so long. So the Elks Lodge was cool because you get people to pay money to see you, and then when you can stop on a verse and the audience screams the word, that was huge goosebumps. Like, oh man, they know the words. And it's friends from high school, you know, selling yeah. cassettes out of my backpack in the hallways of basic high school and stuff like that. I raised 350 bucks for our next recording by selling cassettes. Uh, I'd get a pass from the librarian at school to go, you know, 
do okay. important stuff. So that's something, kind of an interesting topic. How did you record back in the 90s? We actually what was the process of, of putting a cassette tape out? Because we all had boom boxes back yeah, then. Yeah, you had boom uh. boxes, but we wanted to try and be professional. So Brian and Richard were two years older, yeah, two years older than me, and they were taking a college course of a recording class. So we were able to do our first three two-song cassette at their college course down at uh, no, not Lee Pepper. That was 1996. I don't remember the name of the studio, but it was right down there by Boulder Station. So we recorded a two-song cassette, and then we would order a bunch of them and photocopy all the inserts. At, and you at did all Kinko's. the artwork. Yeah. On top of being a a fantastic well, rock star. Thanks. You yeah, pulled you, all the little you're inserts. You're an awesome artist. Papers. Thanks. I appreciate it. So yeah, cut and paste and all the insert work, and then you photocopy them at Kinko's, and you fold yeah. them all, and then use a color pencil to give it that little color hue or whatever. Sold them Jeez, all. That's a lot of work. work. Sold them all at basic high school, and then people would know the song. So it was cool. And then we started branching out where we, one of our first out of town shows, uh, we got a letter in the mail, mm -hmm. a snail mail with a stamp, a stamp on it and everything. And it had it's a called the postal service. Postal service. <laughs> so we got still around. We got a letter in the mail, and it was from some people in Tahoe that we had never met before, South Lake Tahoe, and it had a photo or xerox copy of a map with a highlighter tracing the map this is before gps mm -hmm. to the path to get to south lake tahoe with the address of the club and the date and there was a check in there for a hundred dollars and they said if you guys can come do this show on this date cash this check and use it for gas money and if not just tear up the check and don't use it so that's how we got invited to one of our first out of town shows for people wow. who didn't even know Dude, it was south awesome. lake tahoe so we drive up there, not even knowing. I mean, we had the hundred bucks for gas money or whatever, and drove up there and yeah. became super good friends with them. It was just really, really cool and a neat way to go to go about to like try and meet people and 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 do that. And then we started going to Phoenix a bunch. So then when you go to Phoenix and people are screaming the words down there, you're like, we're seven hours away from home, six hours away from home, and they know the words. This is so cool. And then you go to the Jack in the Box drive-through two months later in Phoenix, Arizona, and the guy in the window's like. Oh, you guys are the band in Hillbog. Oh, cool. And just small little things like that along the way. And then you get to play the Huntridge. And that's the big deal, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. like one. Oh, man, I love going to the Huntridge. And we weren't allowed to play there for a long time until we had a professional cassette. So that's why we worked on getting a professional cassette. And then they put it in the thing. And at the time, punk rock was bigger at the Huntridge than metal was or whatever. But they put our little two song cassette for five bucks in the glass case at the Huntridge. I don't know. Five bucks is a lot for two songs. I don't know. We're like, just do it, you know. And if they only have four bucks, we don't care. Just sell them, you know. Yeah. And we wound up shooting up to number one sell out of that glass case in Huntridge. So then we were allowed to play shows at the Huntridge. And we would do these shows. And we had kids from Henderson, Boulder City, all over Vegas starting to come. And we started getting 300, 400, 600 kids a show. And we were like, man, this is actually. And we would always do the work to do it because all the other bands in town, they're like, how is Hemlock? drawing this many people and we do our shows and there's only 20 or 30 people and we're like, well, cause we're doing 50,000 flyers. I made the joke with Jill yesterday. I said, I'm probably personally responsible for about four acres of the rainforest from how many flyers, <laughs> flyers and posters that we've done. But not only that, the, the signs, when, when, when Hemlock would do a show here in Vegas, they would make these homemade signs and they would be everywhere yeah. along the freeway roads everywhere. We always knew 
when there was a we hymn. Somebody I know put out over a hundred of them. Yeah. Someone I know. <laughs> Rebar in the old signs that would say like re-elect Bob for mayor or whatever. We would get them at the end of the campaign. Or Dick Boner that ran for I council. I forgot about <laughs> Dick Boner for you council. remember him? That's right. We had a whole collection of his signs. I couldn't get enough of those signs. <laughs> That's great. I don't even know if he ever got elected. Why would they ever name their kid that? I don't know. No. Don't they know. named him Richard. Richard. He, he decided he to go by Dick go Boner. Yeah. I would have voted for him, but we were too yeah. young to vote. So <laughs> we would paint the signs over after the campaign was done and hemlock at the Huntridge and the date and keep it simple, rebar it out. We would go out and have a whole route. And we had a checklist because that was the other thing is people would put up posters or they put up whatever and leave it out. And it was like you'd get in trouble. So we're like, let's have a route so we know where to put them. And then we also know where to go clean them up. So the city never really harassed us that bad, except for Henderson. Then he'd get mad at us sometimes, and he wound up tracking us down and calling us. And I don't know. So we went right to the border. Yeah, we got a map of borders. we got a map of the Roadhouse Casino. That corner right oh, there yeah. is Vegas, but the other corners are Henderson. So we'd make sure that there was run yeah. right on the corner <laughs> of Vegas and one right on the corner of Boulder City. And we had this whole route mapped out, but we were willing to do the work for the shows. And we started only doing oh, yeah. three a year, and every show was a thousand people. It was huge. It was awesome. The Huntridge would sell out. The House of Blues would sell out. And we were doing the work. We we're doing 50,000 flyers. We go to the Metallica concert at the Thomas and Mac and flyer the entire parking lot. People are like, this concert isn't for another two months. We're like, cool, take five more flyers and give them to your friends. And we were always out hustling. I mean, we still do. Even after all these years, we're still willing to put in the work and do it all. And then the Las Vegas Weekly took notice and they did a huge article on how we were the kings of promotion for basically 300 or 400 bucks, we were doing like a thousands and thousands of dollars of promo campaign, maybe even millions. I don't know what it cost. You probably kept Kinko's in a flow. Yeah. yeah. We went to Kinko's so much, we started taking Slurpees and donuts to the employees and they loved us because we were in there and we were visiting and I, I think we're personable and funny. And <laughs> the people at Kinko's loved us to where they knew that we were in a band and we would give them comp tickets to the shows. And we would walk in, and me and Jill would go into Kinko's. And, and the be, nice employee lady would slide her employee card to us so we could run some for free. This is years ago, oh, but nice. we had hookups. Not to get anyone in trouble. We had hookups yeah. at Kinko's for like six years straight because we would go in there on almost the daily and just be and nice to people. All the Jill would help other <laughs> customers while I was running copies. And then if we got the little gold card passed to us, we're like, one day she's <laughs> we're like, we're going to be here till 3 a.m. So we started yeah, writing. A lot of our first dates were spent at Kinko's. We started running so many posters and so yeah, many she flyers. She sent us the and... color copy key card. Oh, <laughs> those were a dollar a pop. We would run 600 copies. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I need to do we some content. The employee, the employee discount was 50 cents, and you were high living. Yeah. Yes, I did repo graphics. And college. then there was another guy so. there. His name started with the J. I won't say his full name, but he doesn't work for Kinko's anymore. He actually wound up doing our wedding invitations for us because he loved us so much. Like it's just oh, wow. working on him. He goes, here, let me see if I can help. He put him on way nicer paper, like made him real nice. Like, dang. Oh, wow. So it's just funny because by being personable and by being nice, and it's also cool because I think people realize being in the band is fun, but it's not as glorious and it doesn't pay the bills as much as you think it would be. I mean, if you, Oh, we don't want to hear about, no one wants to hear that story, but, I, but it's We're cool because these people, that, these people that yes. those realize, man, these guys are working hard. Yeah, so then they pass, us, they pass us the gold card and we're nice yeah. and we become friends. And it's just funny. All the different stories over all the years of, 
doing it. So then, of course, that branches out to where your three-day tour turns in like, all right, we're going to go to Phoenix and Tucson and maybe Flagstaff. And we're like, all right, cool. We just did a mini tour. Then we started turning it into two weeks. I'm like, all right, everybody. And it's crazy to try and figure out like, so were you guys working at the time? It's hard to get that much time off of work and to also like take care of bills and whatever. And we're like, all right, this two weeks and your boss is going to let you do a leave of absence or, or you got to call in sick or whatever. And we're like, and you have to do all these crazy sacrifices and figure out like, oh, that's just a crappy job. Anyways, we're going to go on tour. So two weeks turned into a month. And then a month turned into two months. And before you know it, we were... then you're like, well, we're already going to be to Chicago. By the time you're to Chicago, you might as well keep going to New York. You know, but you're already this far. But then yeah. you go to the East Coast to where you get paid less because we're smaller known out there than we are in Vegas and Phoenix. And the yeah. tolls cost triple as much. And the parking costs triple as much. And the gas costs more. So we go out to the East Coast and do this really cool big tour. And we come home broke. And we're like, uh, but then you also don't have a job to go back to. So you're like, I don't know. We just make it up as we go. So then you try and do hometown shows to save that money to fund yourself because we've never had a rich uncle and we've never had we don't sell drugs to fund you know there's so many bands that do i mean easy e sold drugs and started nwa because he had the money to fund it or whatever. yeah yeah we've never had that luxury of so we always just put in the work we were grinding we were always trying to think of what we could do with what we had and what resources and people could kind of relate and it really connected with a lot of like the hard working you know the well, that's that's how Vegas, like that's the Vegas that I think everyone here in this room grew up with. Was yeah, my my parents are all blue collar. You know, you know, you talked about you know, Jilly, you know, dealing at the casinos. Like yeah. our families all have intertwined with like the casinos. Like I worked as a valet, and one of the biggest benefits back then in college was free food. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Not only did I make money, but I had free food. Yeah. Like this was. This is a sweet gig, yeah. right? Nice. Yeah. All, yeah. All so people people realize over all the years, you know, and it's it's a lot of hard work, but it's also very rewarding because I know we could make way more money doing anything else, but the adventures and the stories and all the people Amazing and places friends. that's definitely gold right there. So and, and I think musicians today don't. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't work hard for what they have, but they don't. They don't know what it's like to put in those kind of hours. I mean, back in the day, I mean, like with social media, the yeah. internet and stuff, it's so easier to get your name out there and get promoted and stuff. But for you to sell content, for you to get people at the show, dude, oh yeah, that well, is that is putting in the grind. Oh yeah, we'd get in trouble, and I was more recognizable at the House of Blues to where <laughs> the security would come out, and I was like, all right. I'm going to go up close and start handing out as many flyers as I can. And then when security comes to harass me, you guys be like 15 feet behind me and I'll stall them as long as I can. So you guys keep flyering as many people. That's a grind right there. And then another person would be in the, in the elevator. So that way, by the time they're getting in trouble and we had probably 15 people of us flyering the Slayer shows and flyering the corn shows. And we would go to the Thomas and Mac and they wouldn't let you bring flyers. And I mean, they're pieces of paper. So we would put them underneath in our shoes and what <laughs> we put them in our shoes and we'd have 200 have flyers 200 flyers in our shoes and in our socks because they patch you down you couldn't have them in your yeah. pockets sometimes you could sneak one guy around back earlier in the day and stash him in the bush in a bag you know and we would sneak flyers into these shows to go promote to try and get them to come to our shows at the huntridge or whatever and you we know the I mean? rules like at the mall you can't hand out flyers in the hallway at the mall like in the corridors but as soon as you step into a store you're allowed to so you see security coming because you're handing out flyers. So then you just step into 
JCPenney or Hot Topic. Oh man, I got mean mugged by the security yeah. at the gallery mall so <laughs> many times. They can't say wow. anything when you're in a store. So and they're just like, like smile and step into the doorway and then. I'd be Wait, like, hey, literally. step right here with me in the Hot Topic. And I would tell the kid, I'm like, I wanted to give you a flyer, but that security guy right there hates me and he won't let me hand out <laughs> flyers. But now that I'm in here, I can hand it to you because it's privately owned in here. So here's a flyer. Give some to your friends. And I'd like wink at the security guy at the gallery of mom, <laughs> nice. you know, mean mugging. But yeah, I mean, we definitely were in the trenches for promotion and we would always do the grind and do whatever it took to spread the word. Now you get on social media and you don't even, a lot of the time you don't need to even have an actual product. So you're not coloring the inserts or you're not folding flyers. Or, you're or not drawing the pictures. Drawing the yeah. pictures, any of the stuff. Yeah, some I mean, of your artwork is still phenomenal. Are you, oh, is that you? Or? Yeah. Thank you, yeah. My or my, yeah. I almost said my college teacher, my <laughs> high school teacher wanted me to go to college because he said I was one of the better ones in the art class in high school at basic. And he yeah. was mad when I told him I didn't want oh, to go were. to college that I wanted to play music. And then I could travel and do art that way. He's like, you can get a full scholarship. I'm like, I don't want to go to college. I want to rock and roll. So here we are 27 years later. Yeah. He probably foresaw a better financial situation for me. And I was like, no, I just want to rock. So, you were still in the arts. It would have been. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, it's a win, a win. I'm yeah. still able to include it all. And I appreciate the compliment. I design almost all of our CD covers and almost all of our T-shirts, like 99.9% .9 of them I'll draw. And have fun with it. You know, some of them are more serious. Mm -hmm. Some of them are more silly. It just depends. You know, and when somebody, that's another thing. When you go overseas and you see somebody wearing a hemlock shirt, you're like, Oh, cool! Yeah, awesome. You know that that shirt. So are you guys speaking of that? Are you guys doing a lot of online sales now? Like, I mean, before Rona came Rona. to town, right? Well, I Rona. haven't been pushing our online sales because when we came out here to stay with our family for the holidays, we didn't bring a lot of our merchandise. So I don't really have. I don't know if you I don't heard. Really I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you heard the story, Julie, but we did the hometown shows to pay for all the other travels <laughs> and so you gotta butter the bread i know but i don't have the product with me we have so some of it some. and the other thing is i also kind of feel slightly guilty because i know there's people in worse situations than others right now and i don't want to try to force product down people's throats i mean they'll get a hold of us if they want it like we had a guy from germany email us two days ago that he wanted to buy all nine hemlock cds and wanted to know if we could combine the shipping and of course we're like yeah, we'd love to, and we'll throw in some extra stickers and a shirt or whatever, you know, right. kind of bundle package. But uh, we purposely haven't been pushing because I don't want people to feel guilty because we're in a good position to where we're able to stay with family right now. I mean, there's people that are worried about losing their houses. Me and Jill bought a house out in Iowa. We own it, so we don't have rent. How many, how many acres? Uh, it's only it's only like a third to mow, so it's good. Oh, it's not anymore. Are you guys like in the city or something? That's like no. He's like, down the street from the field of dreams. That's it. That's like <laughs> right. Well, like, oh, no, isn't that urban? In we Iowa? Iowa. Dude, yeah. the, the best line in the whole movie. It, if you build, it, it, no, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> We're about five hours from there, but we go every time we play in Dubuque. We go by the field of dreams. It's so cool, especially when the corn's tall. Yeah, it's not as impressive times. when it's moved down. But yeah, we live about five hours from there. We own our house so we could afford to keep traveling with the band. So we don't have rent. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are worried about losing their houses with jobs being non-existent right now. Hey, Chad, I, mean, I, know, I know a good real estate professional. For anyone, anyone that's scared who? about losing their house, um, listen to one of our earlier podcasts. You have a, a three-year timeline, so don't okay. worry about them. Well, I just feel guilty to force it upon anybody. So we've had people ordering stuff, and I always draw I, a little picture. I, 
I think like as an artist though, and like, you know, I'm just whiteboarding with you is the great thing about offering, like you talk about the, the guy in Germany that ordered the one of the bundle and you're like, Hey, we'll throw in stickers. Yeah. Is, um, is, is everyone is like, you know, quarantine, right? Nationwide, everyone's locked down. And what we're seeing is everyone's like, got this pent up energy. Yeah. Right. You, you guys were commenting on my, my sweet vocals before the show. <laughs> and, and I think everyone feels that. And so like, I, I would say just the opposite, like people are looking for opportunities to just feel normal Yeah, and, and feel like, you know what I mean? Like, so we're talking about cassettes and, and if anyone's, you know, you know, younger than, you know, grew, you know, they born in the nineties or like, it's a, a way I, to play music. Yeah. They're like a cassette. They're like, what is yeah, that? Ribbons and plastic. We were one of the first local bands to offer a CD in 1996. We had, ha we had, we ordered 500 cassettes and 500 CDs and it was a big deal at the time. For I had my original bands. CDs were, were, were Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And, too. and I had, a, it was a single, it was a single CD deck, but then it was a cassette tape deck. Yeah, so you yeah. could dub music and hand it out. I had an eight track player. Oh, woof. Always a one, always a one upper like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I couldn't get all the radio stations because I lived in Boulder City. So, so and the Ghetto. other thing, the other That's thing about the, the other thing about Hemlock is we always try to be optimistic, and you find the good in everything. You know, yeah. sometimes I'm a little too over optimistic, but that's also the funness in it all. I have fun with it, and we have really positive lyrics. And even though we still haven't gotten refunded for our flights to Europe because the airlines are all crazy, we, we might, might get a credit. We paid three grand of our own money that we saved up that we were mm -hmm. going to, and then ten days later they announced all this craziness and all this. So we're not sure if we're even going to get our money back for that, but there's people that have lost way more. So I'm not bitching. I'm not complaining. But instead of us complaining about, oh, I want to be over in Europe and doing that. And because we were going to do 36 shows in Europe and then we were going to come back home and we, me and Jill were supposed to go out with the band ministry and we were going to go on tour with them to help them out because they're good friends of ours. We were going to be gone for all of July, half of August. Then we were going to come back to our house in Iowa and then we were going to go on our own three-month tour during October yes. and November in the United States and do a big U.S. tour. So it was going to be a really, really busy year. Oh, yeah. So now, instead of all of that... You're spending time with us. We're, yeah. we're here, and we have all this bonus free time, but also we've really focused as a band on some new material. So I've been awesome. writing a ton of lyrics and a lot of new songs. And I actually wrote a song last November called Doomsday, says prepare for doomsday and it's talking about all the false predictions and it's so funny because it's almost the anthem of what's happening right now even though i wrote it last november and it's funny because it's talking about the mayan 2012 and it's talking about the prophet oh yeah the the prophet hen of leeds in the uk they used to have a hen over there where they would lay an egg and it would tell you what's coming up in the future whichever way the egg was in different colors i don't know it's just That's crazy and uh, the Y2K, the Y2K, Y2K, you know, all these good yeah. threats and craziness. And I'm not trying to, it's just funny because I'm like, there's so many crazinesses of the world. And, but we have 19 songs right now that, uh, they're not working on. So, so do you write your music before you add the music part? So you, you, you write the, the lyrics, lyrics, you get your lyrics I'll down driving, and then you add the music. I'll be driving down the road in the middle of the night, the big bus that we have 35 foot bus. And sometimes I'll just think of a funny line, something that rhymes or something. I'll be like, Oh man, I got to remember that. And then I pull over and I'll type it to myself in a text. And then sometimes I'll be like eating lunch at Taco Bell or something. Like, oh, there's another 
cool catchphrase or something funny that somebody says. So I'll write it on a napkin and throw it yeah. in my pocket. And I collect all these lines and phrases and ideas as over the years. Over the years, and then I have a little pile of all these notes, and I try to write them into a notebook. And you just get these ideas, and then you kind of get ideas for music too. And then it's kind of like putting a puzzle together. There's no real way whether you want to start with the border or whether you want to start with the eyeball of the Incredible Hulk. Whatever puzzle you're doing, you could start from the middle or the outside, or yeah. do half of it first or whatever. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. You just kind of got to put all the pieces together to make it match. And yeah. sometimes you'll try this and you're like, no, this will fit better on this song over here. So that's where we're at right now. We've got 19 songs and it's turning out awesome. It's going to be good. So talking about your songs, we're getting some interactive oh, cool. uh, stuff here. Hello, so everybody. Yeah. So uh, one of your fans, uh, he just comes up as Mikey. He says, he says, Hemlock will be the greatest touring band ever. Thanks. No, awesome. no one does it with such personality and class. Why staying aggressive and screaming kill your children? Oh yeah. And then and then he also throws in that he would buy a vinyl record right now. But but what I want to talk about is like of all your your songs that are already out there and stuff like that. Is there a song that you really you I don't know you really love the most something that was really moving when you were writing it or inspirational like you to try and pick your favorite kid adam easy oh easy <laughs> I, tell you that now. I already told you a story I'm about just that kid and there's songs that yeah he talks about his favorite kid almost every every episode yeah, so that's not that's the wrong question <laughs> all of the albums and all of the songs and it's funny because there's so many songs from 27 years that there's probably 90 to 95 released hemlock songs and I'm like, I don't even know how I remember all of that on top of remembering the nicknames of the songs and remember, yeah. you know, but, uh, well, 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 I got a better question. Well, when you do a show, is there yeah. a song there's that, 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 that when you do it, the everyone goes nuts. Nobody knows what a killer looks like is a classic one. That's yeah. the one that you, if you don't play the audience, will is that the microphone in the mouth? That one's kill that's your children. It. Oh, that's kill your children. Yeah. That's probably why Mikey likes it so much. Kill your children. Mikey yeah. likes it. We wrote kill your children. I wrote the lyrics years ago, and it's about divorce and broken families and how a lot of people, um, you know, go through it, and it's crazy because you don't really ever think about it from the kids' perspective. So it's just mm -hmm. talking about how they're torn between the two. And I realize sometimes people need to get divorced, and it's for the health or reason. But I also think that a lot of time people give up too easy. So that's what the song was about. And all the kids connected. And I remember when I was in CT Sewell Elementary School, our teacher asked us. And this third, is all a hinder tucky for I those think that in don't, third, don't third relate. Grade, they asked us how many of our parents were divorced, and like two kids in the class raised their hand. And then when I was in basic yeah. high school, I remember the teacher asked us the same question. There was only two kids in the class that didn't have divorced parents. And it just almost seemed like it was too easy to give up. So I wrote Kill Your Children about not giving up on your family unless it's very, very necessary. So a lot of the kids connected to it. And there we would get letters in our P.O. box how they said that song got them to their parents' divorce. And they would wear that shirt to school and then they get kicked out of school for wearing a shirt that said Kill Your Children. And yeah, a kid wore it to that. Disneyland and another kid wore it to Magic Mountain and or get in a fight or whatever. They're like, but I love that song and I love the lyrics. It got me through it, you know. And mm -hmm. it's cool yeah. what music can mean to people. And and nobody knows what a killer looks like as a classic, which is talking about not prejudging a book by its cover. It's not about serial killers. It's not about uh, Michael Myers or whatever. It's just talking about that. Sure, it might be the innocent old lady that's poisoning her husband, or it might be the big biker guy that helps carry the groceries out. You know, you never know. You don't judge a book by its cover. So nobody knows what a killer looks like. Also has positive lyrics. 
No Time for Sorrow is a good one that you have to play at every Hemlock show because it's just a song about you never know when your last day is. You might as well be a happy, op optimistic, good person out there, you know, and try to always get the best out of every situation and bring smiles to people's faces. And that's one thing people say about Hemlock a lot is that we're one of the only metal bands that they know that can go up there and just jam and be so aggressive and so hard and heavy, which is kind of what Mikey was saying, mm -hmm. but with smiles on our faces because we enjoy doing it. Still, after 27 years, we still yeah. love to do it. And a lot of people see the realness of it. They connect and they're like, these guys are the real deal. This isn't somebody that's just going up there for a paycheck because one of the lines in one of our songs, it says, if I would have done it for the money and fame, I would have thrown the towel in back in 94. I would have quit in 1994 because it's not about the money and the fame. It's about being able to express yourself art. and be able to connect in the music. And one of the other things I've been saying recently in the last few years is music is the soundtrack of our lives. If you watch a movie without any kind of background music or anything, it's usually pretty boring and lame. But you add in music and you add in little noises and stuff. So music is the soundtrack of our lives. It makes life interesting. You hear a song that you might remember making out with a girl in high school too, or you remember going yeah. to the lake and having a in barbecue. Or you end of the road. Oh, yeah. Or you hear a real heavy, aggressive song, and you remember practicing, working out, and winning your track meet or whatever. You know, yeah. their music means so much to so many people. It's slow dancing, the boys, the men. Yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> Driving with two become one from Spice Girls in England. I'll always think of England. We were in U two on the bus. Uh, no, we sorry, were in we were in U two. That sounded really bad. Dude, yeah, <laughs> and that's a whole other story. And his name is Bono. <laughs> we were in Ireland on a bus trip and uh, with the band. We had the day off, so we did a few shows in Belfast, and we were going through the, the hillsides of Ireland, and U2 came on the radio. I said, uh -huh. man, I will never hear U2 again the same that I heard it going through Ireland in a bus while the bus driver's talking to us about Kilkenny, Ireland, and all this <laughs> stuff, and showing us where the manager from the U2 lives. And, you know. It's just crazy because you hear those songs. I remember we used to listen to old oh, yeah. U2 albums all the time. And now when I hear it, I instantly think about Ireland or I can think about us listening to U2 and Rage Against the Machine back in 1994 or yep. whatever, you know, in the Fastback with Bob Morris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man. Volkswagen's forever. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. That yeah. uh, You know, having that music in our lives is a big deal. And, and it's a life changer, just like you said, you know. It, it touches people's lives that are going through some hard times, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and, and you're able to do that. Whether and, it's easy listening or heavy or aggressive or mellow or whatever. I mean, music actually can take you back in time or even lift your spirits. It can piss you off and make you work out extra good, run faster. I mean, just depends on what you need and it's cool what music can do. One of the things I've always admired about Hemlock and Chad's lyrics is he has a lot of, puts a lot of thought and integrity into his lyrics. So they're not just about, uh, yeah, it's not it's not flaky. It's not about aliens or anything weird. It's always got a lot of integrity and really good meaning. So even for people that don't love heavy music, if they read the lyrics or just listen to the words, that it's got really great messages. What do you like? I, and that was that was my question. It's like, what song? You know, you know, I've met a lot of artists and they're like they don't. No one understands this song. Like, is there a song that you know of in your repertoire where you're like? I wish people understood this song better. 
Like, is there a song where, I mean, because in one way, though, music does represent, like, you know, I'll listen to a song and it means something to me. Because, like right. you said, at that moment, at that memory, yeah. that girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, that's you, yeah, that's what yeah. meant to me. But, you know, then you, uh, like, my wife and I, uh, well, you know, you guys probably remember the Ashby's and, and, and Lindsay. Or, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and she would take it in. We'd do a bunch of double dates. We'd go to the songwriters over at Sunset Station. I don't know if you remember where that place is. And in um, in the songwriters, that that's when you get so much context. Like to this tonight is like sitting next to a great songwriter. Like because thank you. <laughs> well, because just like that, like you're like you know what? Like you get those bubblegum lyrics. You get the four four beat right. That's right. that's why that pop music is that way because that's easy. That's it's catchy. I mean, thong, the thong, thong, thong. Yeah, it's a song about <laughs> underwear up a girl's butt. I mean, it's yeah. catchy. Who doesn't love that? And right. I get it all for the nookie. It's catchy, <laughs> but I take pride on writing lyrics that actually mean a little more than that. Nothing bad against Cisco and nothing bad against Lip Biscuit because they figured out a way how to make millions of dollars off of writing thong, the thong, thong, thong. Yeah. I can't say just thong song. I have to say it like that, you know. Thong, yeah. Thong, thong, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, here's a good Spoken one right like here. A professional. Here's yeah. a good one right here. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. That song has made billions of dollars. <laughs> so dumb. Chew tobacco, spit. I don't know. I could never, and I feel bad because he's made millions of dollars doing it, and good for Blake Shelton. Yeah. But Hemlock, I definitely take pride in all the lyrics because they always mean something and people can connect to them. And even if people don't understand them, it's fine because they're open for interpretation. If they mean something to somebody, it might remind them of when they used to go fishing with their dad and they would listen to him. There was a guy that sent us a photograph in an envelope from Iraq. Uh, and he said that he would listen to him every single time he jumped out of the helicopter. And it was just crazy. I was like, Holy moly. I'm like, it would get him pumped up and he's like, I think it saved my life because you'd always give me that adrenal adrenaline rush. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's just crazy where music goes and what it means to people, you know. Well, it is neat. And I think you 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 both talked about that. Like it, you know, a lot of times you hear, well, is it about the music? Is it about the money? Is it about the travel? And and I think both of you have said it many times. It's about the people. Yeah. And it's talking about your lyrics, it's about how your lyrics have helped people. And I think that's where like I, you know, I'm sure you've got a bad rap, you know, along the way, you know, heavy, aggressive. Oh, yeah. oh I can't believe turn that, you know, turn that shit off. That's almost kind know? of a right. personal challenge is to flip them. And there's people that tell us almost every night, they're like, I never listen to this kind of music, but I love you guys. I'm just here because my nephew is in the other band. Around. We're kind and of I the exception, you, you know, because so yeah. many metal bands, they'll get out there and they'll scream about, oh, bloody goats, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, whatever. I don't care. I mean, yeah. but. When I write a song, I want it to actually mean something. We have a song, Living in Fear, and it's talking about also how the government tries to scare you into what they want to mold you into. And a lot of people have been sharing that during all this COVID time. I think the lyrics actually, you know, there's a lot of truth to it and a lot of, but it's another outlet to be creative and also to draw art and to be involved and to connect. You I'd know. say back to your question, though, the, one, the two songs that come to mind that people misinterpret misinterpret yeah would you kill your children because it sounds, yeah it sounds uh, which we wrote yeah. on purpose to get yeah. people's attention but yeah. yeah and um my eyes itch a lot of people think it's about smoking weed and it's not i don't smoke weed a lot of my friends do but they think my eyes itch or they do make the joke they're like oh because you got allergies <laughs> but my eyes itch I wrote the lyrics of that one and it talks about how I love to travel and see the world. And when you're itching to do something, my eyes are itching to see the world. 
And it also my eyes are itching. And it, and it and it connects also where it talks about the veins and courses through your veins. And when you look at a map, when I'm booking our tours, because I mm -hmm. also book our tours and drive the bus and do all that other crazy stuff. I'm like, hey, man, on in Living Color, where I've got like 50 carries the luggage, <laughs> yeah, prepares <laughs> the meals. So me and Jill do like eight million things each, but. Uh, the map, the lines on a map to me look like veins. And I said, of course, through the veins. So it's talking about traveling and it's talking about feeling music within you. But then it also talks about wanting to not just see the mountains on TV, on National Geographic, to actually go see the Tetons, to go see Yellowstone, to be there in person, to actually drive by Mount Fuji. We were on the bullet train. It was neat to actually go there and see it, to be in Osaka, Japan. And to travel the trees in the redwood forest but then i also wanted to write the song that it was a tie kind of like a 50 50 to where i was comparing also the mountains to the shape of a woman's body and talking about how just the touch and the feel and the smell and everything mm -hmm. so the lyrics are actually really really deep and it talks about how you can feel it inside of you and just the love and just everything and the lyrics are about wanting to be part of the world and to enjoy it and to love it to travel and it's about women and it's about traveling and it's about playing music and it's about loving life it's not about weed and it's not about allergies but if you want to think that that's fine as long as you like the song it's all yeah. good so real quick i mean you, you you brought the subject of you know what rock and roll is all about is you know you know drug sex rock and roll is how did you two meet how did you and jill meet on a bus traveling across the country <laughs> i was on that bus Adam, i was on that up? bus I, 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 I had nothing to do there. Oh, she, this is your opportunity. Dude, I was busy myself, man. <laughs> June 8, 1993, I was 15 years old. And that was my 16th birthday, which is why it's a memorable date for me. And I was mad to be on a bus full of Henderson kids, because I'm from Boulder City. Boulder and City we're girl, you know. Yeah, rival. Rivals. You were and lucky to be on the bus know, with a bunch bus of Henderson B. kids. <laughs> bus B. So Bus B. I forgot. Bus yeah. B. We were on a trip, and it was a church trip slash U.S. history trip, which we right. didn't learn much of either, but it was fun. And I was glad because it was kind of, we got to travel, but we had gone on family trips before, but that was the first trip we had ever went on where we didn't really have much supervision. You had like three adults for like four buses of kids. Teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. So it we was Jill's birthday, and she was kind of bummed because it was her birthday. And, and I wasn't she, with my friends. So I thought it was She's cool. from Boulder City. She's expecting more. She's yeah, like, I'm I, above you guys. I'm better than everyone. Yeah. Else. So we used to go to the Henderson Library, and I still, I swear I'm a kid. It's funny. Who cares? I would rent the cartoons out of the section when I was in high school. And they had one called Teeny Tiny and the Witch Woman. And it was so great because it's like Hansel and Gretel. And I probably showed it to you because we also watched the story. Oh, story. But they were free from the Henderson Library on Water Street. And I would rent them every time we went because it was funny. And there were these weird cartoons. And Teeny Tiny and the Witch Woman was this cartoon we had watched all the time with my little sisters. And the lady on there, who is awake and who is asleep? And the witch would talk like this. <laughs> and then the little, and it's this weird, I think it's Hungarian or something, because it shows these wrinkly old veiny hands on the beginning. And it's this cartoon of this old lady it telling the story. And the little boy's like, the littlest one is awake. And it was Jill's birthday. So Man, we we left really late at night on June 7th. And so like everyone was counting down to my birthday. Only one hour and 23 minutes until Jill's birthday. And like every like minute we would do a countdown and it, it bothered a lot of the other kids also. So, and it was Jill's birthday and so, I had never seen her, but I said, Hey, I got I hear this. a voice from the back I of the said, bus. Come back here. I'm going to tell you. Come back oh, here. the back I'm, of the bus. I said, <laughs> I said, come to the back of the bus. I'm going to tell you the story the party for is. your birthday. So this girl I've never met before from Boulder City, 
And it's Comes, dark, we don't see each other. Sits in the aisle. I was probably sitting next he to He saw Adam. you. Yeah, he saw you. Know, I hadn't seen her. It was dark. At all. Come no. on. They loaded us up at like So she sat on the aisle next to me and I said, I got a story for you for your birthday. Since if nobody has presents for you, and I say, who is awake? So he tells you a whole story in all the different <laughs> For like places. 20 minutes, I tell her this whole story about how they throw the knife in the ground. It cuts it open. And the littlest one is awake. I see how awake. And I do all these voices of the whole story. So she sits there, and that was her birthday present from me. And she thought it was so funny. Obviously, it worked because it's. Here She's still smiling. Yep. And the are. next day we She's woke still up. Still laughing. Yeah. The next day we woke up and we were like, "All right, all the boys undo the luggage and all the girls make sandwiches for the boys or something like that." I don't well, remember. That. Well, that was like some pioneer stuff, right? Only, <laughs> only sandwiches. <laughs> I think it meant sandwiches. I meant make lunch. Like it was white bread. It was weird. Lunch. I don't yeah. know, but so lunch. I got to chips. see Jill for so the first time. I got to see Jill for the first time, and I'm like, oh, a cute blonde girl from Boulder City. And we became friends, and now here we are years and years and later. So thank you, she Henderson was, Library, for she was all over you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we met on a bus traveling across the country. and Now we now travel on a bus across the country and around the world, even though we don't take our bus. People have asked us that before. We don't take our school bus over to Europe. So I don't know if anyone's picking up on this. Back in the early or late 80s, we were throwing water balloons on buses, two buses. Yeah. <laughs> then you guys meet on a bus. Yeah. Now you almost live on a bus. Yeah. I mean, like, there's something big about buses that we should have known back in '88 and '89 when we were hawking water balloons at these poor bus drivers. Yeah. There was more there. Man. And now Chad's the bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, People are just typing away, man. Sweet. So I'm going to pick it. a few. I'm glad that everybody's tuning in. Thank you. My cousin and his dear friend Eric are awesome. We love teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, Anthony said, um, weak man suicide oh. and gravity had oh. amazing meaning to him. So Anthony, I love you, my friend. He came to a show at the Roxy in Hollywood, which Hollywood's always fun, too. It's a good. He came. And uh, we're dear friends, but we knew him a little bit from shows, but not as well. And uh, he showed us his hemlock tattoo on his arm, and it says weak man suicide around it. And he said he listened to those lyrics over and over and over again, and it saved his life. And I got goosebumps, and I'm like, whoa. That's... I'm kind of getting goosebumps. I was yeah. like, that is. Like, I'm about tearing up. Oh, I said, that's heavy. I said, because yeah. the song's talking about how you shouldn't give up on life because there's so much more, and you never know what's around the corner. And that. Uh, it, it also the burden it puts on the people you leave behind that your family is going to have, you know, they're going to be miserable and sad. They're going to miss you. And you don't, even when you're in the lowest of low, you never have to go to that path. And the song I wrote, I, some people might think it's offensive because I call it weak man suicide. And we had another song called cowardly or I say cowardly way out in one of them. And I don't mean mm -hmm. to call people coward. I was just trying to lift people and encourage. And this was also back in 94 when we wrote, uh, you know the first song and then weak man suicide i think i wrote in 95 or 96 and it talks about how there's more to life and you need to love yourself and you need to be a positive person and you need to be there for your family and he told me that the lyrics literally saved his life that he was going to kill himself and i gave him a big hug and i told the other guys and we became friends and now he's got hemlock tattoos that he, all over his body and he loves this and he's he one, of our, awesome. one of our dear friends Brian. there was another guy that said he uh, had a loaded gun and went down the river to go shoot himself in the head. And he said on his headphones, he was listening to music and he was going down to shoot himself. 
and the hemlock just randomly came on in his head and it was no time for sorrow. And he said he took the gun and threw the loaded gun into the river and didn't shoot himself. And I was like, that's wow. emotional. Holy yeah. moly. That's emotional. You know, Save it almost lives. made me swear right now of how impacting it is, but I don't want to swear and get you guys banned on your first live feed. So yeah. just, uh, it, it's cool that, you know, that it does. Oh, it's out. You know, that's awesome. So, Anthony, if you're still listening, I love you. How many tattoo, how many hemlock tattoos do you we have? We should make a contest. So hopefully, my brother has the most hemlock tattoos of Does anybody he? that you know. Of. Anthony might give him a run. Anthony's a close runner. Well, maybe he he'll chime in here in a little bit and he'll Anthony's tell us. Anthony's a close runner up. I know our friend Randy Keene has a lot of hemlock tattoos, but that's also another thing. Going back to your question a while back, is when you realize you're a rock star. I don't really consider myself a rock star, even though I go out and I rock and I do it and I love it, because I appreciate. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. But I don't have the ego that comes with the the you know, the stigma of it, that I'm more of a friend with people. And I know that I, we play music and I know that people look up to us or whatever. So that's why I try to always portray a really positive, happy, but the, when people get a hemlock tattoo, that blows my mind that's every huge. single time because they're putting it on them for life. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy that they really believe in the band that much it goes back to that. It's not about coming out with one album and having two songs on it that are okay. And then your band disappears. We're talking 27 years. When I was 15 years old, I realized this is what I wanted to do, and I'm 42 now, and I'm still doing it. I don't know if anybody I know is still doing what they want at 15, still doing the same thing, no. and that these people appreciate and they understand and they tattoo it on their body, and it's just crazy. So the first tattoo, the second tattoo, the hundredth tattoo, there's probably five or 600 people out there now with hemlock tattoos. And it just blows my mind every single time. We were over in England two years or a year and a half ago. And the guy over there, he said he had never seen us before, never heard us because we had never played in England. And it's crazy over all these years and years and years, 25 years. You never scheduled time, them. We never had the connection to play. So we were over to England and we're A-game and we're just killing it. We're having fun. We're on tour with the band Head PE. And people are like, I know all of the underground metal bands. How have I never heard of Hemlock before? How have I missed you guys for 25 years? And instead of me going, oh, you've been, you know, I'm like, it's never too late to start. And I'd give them a big hug. And I said, we tried for years to come to London and play. We tried for years to come over to Chester and play. I said, but it never happened. And now we're here and I'm glad to meet you. And now we're homies. So this guy said it meant the world to him. So he had me draw a cartoon of my face on his forearm. And we all autographed around it, and he went and got a tattoo the next day. So now there's a guy. Wow. Who, I mean, it's just crazy. All these stories of what it means to people, and it acts, you know, it's motivation for me to keep trying to push myself and to keep writing lyrics that, you know, even though I think I'm too stubborn to quit anyways. But I love wow. doing it, and I enjoy doing it. You're living it, so. your dream. So um, Forge by Fire. I guess they were supposed to play with you yeah, on guess, Saturday. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they Salina, said, uh, Kansas, what's up, Salina? Woo! Yeah, and uh, they said uh, they're really bummed that the show was canceled, and they hope that they can get on stage with you soon. Absolutely. We had a funny quote from one of the guys that used to be in Silent Civilian, and then he was in another band, and he, they were, uh, Spine Shank was a pretty big band for a while from Hollywood, and he said a quote on stage one time. He said, even at the end of the world, how did it word exactly? It was something about during the nuclear holocaust, all that's going to be left after everything dies is cockroaches and hemlock because hemlock's going to be around no Forever. matter what. And I said, man, that's an awesome compliment. Yeah. I said, yeah, cockroaches and hemlock. I said, I'm too stubborn to quit. I love it. I want to keep doing it. I'm happy doing it. 
And uh, it's just kind of a fun. That thing. sounds like a name of a new album right there. Cockroaches yeah. and Hemlock after the, after the nuclear fallout. Yeah. Hemlock will be around after this Corona fallout. I guarantee it. <laughs> be rocking. Be rocking. I'm ready to rock. We're all excited and kind of bummed at the same time that yes, we're supposed to be over in Europe, but coming up with new music. So yeah. Like, do you guys have, uh, you know, everyone's trying to like reinvent themselves. Do you guys like have any virtual concerts that maybe people could tune into? Have, have like I know before before the show we were talking about all these different yeah. platforms. I think it would be phenomenal. Um, Everybody's in different states, so we're not able to really pull it off right now. Have, and I don't have the gear with me because all of our gear is out in Iowa. What, dude? I don't have any gear. We have a bunch of gear we, out. Well, there. we've got we've got soundboards, we've got yeah. microphones, <laughs> we've got technology. I'll just do it right here. Yeah, there I we go. Do. I, I bet we could set it up. We have a bunch of equipment over in Germany too. We have a whole yeah. backline over there at our friends Nisi and Benno. I hope you listen to this. Whether you backline, yeah. <laughs> Whether you're listening right now, yeah, we're sponsored from PDF. Don't sell their stuff. <laughs> that's another good point to. That's another cool point to think about. Is over all the years of playing music, the nice perks you do get, like free equipment, free guitars. We get free guitars from ESP Guitars, PV amplifiers. We used to get free shoes uh, from different companies. And then those kind of went to the wayside. Twelve and a half for now. Uh, Hemlock's uh, sponsors that would like to pick it up. We just got a new sponsorship from DC Shoes, and we got a box full of shoes for everybody on that was going to go on this European tour shipped to our house in Iowa. I had to call my neighbor and say, um, "We got a box of shoes delivered that we were all, we were going to give to everybody." For yeah. And uh, can you just keep them until we come back home? And, we got a bunch of cymbals mailed to us from Zildjian cymbals that, you know, and so if you're a drummer, you know, that cymbals are cheap. A, yeah, 300 to $500 a cymbal. And I had a box of them and like, I called my neighbor because Iowa was cool like that. Everybody out there is awesome. I'm like, can you pick up the cymbals and the shoes and the strings and the shirts and everything that I got shipped that I thought we were going to be home to get. But we've been, uh, we've been out here in Boulder city, Henderson and Las Vegas, hanging out with family, hanging out with friends and just yeah. having fun, enjoying the sunshine. So quick question. We, we talk about whether you're, you're, so I have some friends who call me a, a celebrity friend because I self promote all the time for my business. Awesome. But you got to hustle. You got to hustle. You got to grind it. Everyone. I got I, flyers in my back pocket, 27 years into the game. You have to hustle. I want the one out of your shoe. Um, <laughs> So, Chad, do your neighbors know that you're a rock star? Does everyone, do you, like, do you run down to the CBS and they're like, Chad's in the building. Chad's uh, in the building. No, I mean, there's people that get excited, but uh, we're also not. I mean, I don't know if there's. We're not Metallica big, but we've toured with Slayer three different times, and we've toured with Slipknot, and we are known, but we're not that known. But, like, a funny story. Must be. Bus must be, be for life. Must be for life. There's a, Mitch, our best there's a funny story. I, uh, and unless we're running out of time, I no, 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 you're doing we're also sponsored yeah. from Rockstar Energy Drinks, so we get free energy drinks. So if I ramble a lot, it's too much caffeine. I apologize. That's all Adam drinks Wait, when yeah. he comes in, he's always vibing Rockstar. Is there a such thing as too much caffeine? No, no. <gasps> I'm just kidding. So, anyways, we were at my in law's house up in Boulder City, and the Schwann's man, some of you might oh. know, this was this was in. 2004, June. And his name oh, is really? John. I he lives in Colorado right Springs now, and he's a dear friend of ours, and he's also awesome. But I didn't know him at the time. The Schwanz man comes to the door, and he's talking to my in-laws, and they weren't sure about the band and their daughter dating a band guy and whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
long hair kid from Henderson, you know, even though I think I'm nice, but uh, you know, the parents right. got, I, I just hear a lot of strikes. You're like, you're not building a good resume here. Parents got Henderson. a parent, hasn't right. brushed his hair in 23 years or whatever. Yeah. You know? Right. But the Schwanz man comes to the door. He's all, Oh yeah. What's well, no, I, well, he was talking to my dad about chicken fingers or whatever they, whatever ordered. Schwanz dudes do. And yeah. I was being funny and we had a new batch of flyers because we had a new CD coming out. So, I walked by and I said, oh, here's a secondary hemlock flyer. Because that's just what you do. You yeah. always have a hemlock flyer ready to go. You got to give a flyer to the right. swans, man. So I thought I was just being funny. I gave it to the swans guy. Only, one, only one because he's hitting houses. I know, right? That's gonna, like a I'm distributor gonna, right there. Like start out. And he looks at me and goes, hemlock? I love hemlock. And I, go, I saw him at the Huntridge. I go, Whoa, oh, no, what? I go, that's commitment I go, well, from Boulder City to Huntridge? I go, that's not Chad's a tribe. Chad the fingers at the dining room table. He goes, what? And he hopped over the couch and ran into the bathroom. He, so really? he was so excited. He was so excited. I have the I Love Hemlock tank top. I got it for my wife. I can't believe you're here. So I know that this was in June of 2004 because we had just gotten our brand new Believe the Dream CDs. And I said, oh, yeah, well, we have a new CD coming They weren't out. even in stores they yet. Were, we just had the boxes. They had just hurt. got delivered. And he was like, there's a new Hemlock CD? And he reaches into his Schwann's, Schwann's wallet, wallet. And he goes, I owe Schwann's $10. And he takes $10 out. And he's like, I want to get the very first CD. He bought the first hemlock city with the Schwann's tin and said, I owe him, I owe Schwann's. <laughs> and then we just became friends. We called him John Schwann and we became buddies. And, and he doesn't work with Schwann's away. anymore. So her parents were like, oh, maybe this man is a little bit bigger, you know? Whoa, maybe. And, uh, Thank if, you, John. Hey, if you're good with Schwann's, you're good with a lot of things right? in life. Yeah. yeah right. And now he lives in Colorado Springs and him and his wife are doing great and their family's great. And he comes to all the shows and we're like, I mean, friends. I mean, yeah. that's great, you know? Who are the people in your neighborhood? <laughs> They're the Hemlock friends. Yeah. <laughs> so See, there's your new jingle right there. Right there. Yeah. It once had cool points with my parents at this point. I like it. But yeah, there's all kinds of stories. I mean, you could say, what's the craziest story that happened on the road? Or what's the funniest thing? Or what's the weirdest thing? I mean, it's just. I think we're going to have to say, I, I think those are. Uh, we're going to come back. Come back. We have to have oh, over yeah. 18 content. Over 18? Yeah. You don't I, want to hear those stories. Yeah. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. Is those would be funny. Stories. You know, yeah. you talk <laughs> about like all your new fans. Like we're talking about, you know, in the future, right? Cockroach future, right? Yeah. Cockroach, uh, cockroach apocalypse. How can new fans get to know Chad? Like, what? Come to the show, and I will give you a high five or a hug or whatever. I mean, we always we, there's green rooms and dressing rooms that most fans go and they hide out in, and they come yeah. out and do a big entrance and. Then when they're done, they go back and they take a shower and smoke weed and leave. We come out to the audience and hang out and visit and sign things and take photos and become friends with people. We're very accessible. You just come and hang out and uh, very approachable where people are like, oh, you have a normal voice. I'm like, yeah. You know, they think I scream talk or whatever. And it's funny because <laughs> here's another two friends from Prescott, Arizona, two sisters. They love Taylor Swift. And they love Hemlock. And Taylor Swift. Who doesn't? Everybody loves Taylor Swift. T Swift. She's yeah. a beautiful girl, and she writes great songs. She's, she's a tall blonde, right so, there. Right. That's a big, they big box check. Taylor for me. Swift's album Red had just came out, and they love Hemlock. So these two sisters in Prescott, Arizona, got Hemlock tattoos on their feet, but they had them colored red. So that way, it's a Taylor Swift Hemlock mashup tattoo. And I was like. And they, they were they weren't sure how we would take it. I said, I love it. I said, that's awesome. I said, because good music's good music. And I love that you wanted to combine what you love. And then what's funny is three days ago, one of the sisters said that her son just turned old enough to get a tattoo and he's getting a hemlock tattoo now. So the next generation of hemlock tattooers. Thank you, and, Dreams. You know, people are 
I thought you're actually to be honest with you, I thought this story was going like this. These two sisters from Prescott get hemlock tattoos. They color it red for T Swift. T Swift finds out. T Swift ends up at a hemlock concert. T Swift. We're that's going still, that's still in the future. That's what oh, we're talking okay. about. Yeah, she was going to be at the show yeah. tonight in Switzerland. But yeah. Now. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. But no, I mean, it's just crazy because people, we've been doing it long enough that now people are bringing their 15 year olds and their 16 year olds to shows and like, I used to see him like when I was in high school or whatever. And it's crazy because they're bringing the new generation of music uh, fans and friends and, you know, taking to live events. And unfortunately now it's going to probably be different because everybody's scared of the cooties right now or whatever. But I hope it goes back to where you can the go. The cooties. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. The cooties have finally come. You know, when we went to C.T. Sewell Elementary School, yep. we used to call it C.T. Sewell Elementary Pruer because you yeah. would nickname every single elementary school after a bathroom like Gordon Macaca. <laughs> and, and Robert Toilet Paper, you know, all those schools. Not, but, not in Boulder City, by the way. In Boulder City, it's way more high class. We're high class. Up there. But when we were at CT Soul, we had Velcro shoes. And I remember if you didn't want to get cooties from the girls, you would put an X, X. of Velcro yeah. on your shoes. So yeah. I'm kind of thinking that maybe people should go get Velcro shoes and it'll save you. From the corona. From the corona. Yeah. yeah. It worked in CT Sewer Elementary Pooler. We survived. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> <We survived it>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, let me ask you a question, right? So you you grew up with a rock star. Like and so I and I just so you know this, Chad, like there's a so I have uh I have an agent. I'm a I'm a reader, like my general books, uh, although I'm just finishing Percy Jackson because my kids have all read like every like series. There's a bunch of Rick Ward and series they've they've piled through all of them. So I'm like, you know what? I want to get to know my kids. I'm reading those books, right? I'm, I'm book five of Percy Jackson. Uh, an agent comes in. I don't even know how she ends up on my doorstep. I'm, I'm the broker. I'm like the owner okay. of the company. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I interview everyone before they, before they have to hire them. She comes in and she's like, and she gives her her name. And I'm like, are you related to, uh, her last name was Cussler. And she's like, yeah, that's my dad and my brother. Whoa. My eyes get this big. And even when I think, like when I help her with a deal, I'm like, oh no, I wonder <laughs> if, I, like I have contemplated like giving her a box of books and said, hey, if, you know, if you're kind of like to sign these, I would love it. So Adam does the same thing when we talk about you. <laughs> So, and I wonder, I Adam, I, 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 get I remember you and Shelly came to a couple of shows. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. The House of Blues and the Hunters, I yeah. think. And it's just crazy. I mean, me and Adam would go lizard hunting. We'd go down to the swamps. We'd do all kinds of crazy things Heat together. together. Heat yeah. Well, okay, let's, let's talk about <laughs> That's that. a great story. But yes, Adam, yes, yes. Adam, let's hear it. Yeah, You don't understand unless you grew up in the desert of how death almost can take you if you don't. Uh, Chad, okay, Chad, if I'm, you know, I'm the I'm the ginger. I'm saying that in case somebody vinegar bass? in Montana right now. We have a big following in Montana oh. of friends, and they might not understand because in Montana you could probably just like well, lick they might something. Die in the snow there. Oh yeah, that's true. But in the desert, you get you get snow blind. In the but... desert, you would think you'd be smart enough as kids to take a mm -hmm. canteen of water to the desert. But when you get on your bike and you just start going, you don't think about that stuff. And then miles and miles and miles go. We go into the desert, and if if you're listening from Henderson, Nevada, this is this area is where Tuscany's at. It's all homes now. So it's on it, its way to the swamp. But it was just we desert to go to then. The swamp, me and yes. Ryan. So we go down there. 
Was anybody and, else with us, or was this just us two? I almost um, thought Aaron Larson was with us. For people that don't live in the desert, the swamp isn't like what you picture a normal No, this swamp. water. This isn't a New Orleans swamp. This is more like CT sewer. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is the runoff. swamp. This is the runoff water. It smells like Gordon Macaca. From the whole yeah. <laughs> no, yes, it is. This is the runoff water. And I didn't learn this till I did a tour, but they did a, this is the runoff water from the wastewater treatment plant for all of Las Vegas. So after they clean it, they, ah, they run it down and, 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 and then it goes back to the lake. So that's the kind of water we're dealing with. We're not dealing Actually, with like a natural spring Jill, or I'm anything like sure that. I'm pretty sure they just started that, that, like clean it first, then go to the lake. That started... After they got right. out of high school, right. by the way. Me and, so, me and so. Adam thought it'd be cool to <laughs> go try. Me and, Adam, yeah. me and Adam thought it'd be cool to ride our BMX bikes in the desert down to the swamp. And I almost think Aaron Larson was with us, but I don't remember if he was with us this time. Because we used to catch those weird crawdads in the Super yes. Diggle cups. Well, and we wanted to look for Yoda, even though we knew he wasn't real. But we thought it was funny to go to the swamp and talk yep. like Yoda. So we pounce around in the water. Our feet are wet. Our Soggy our tennis shoes. Soggy green. tennis shoes. And... And then, it, and then there's yeah. a, um, it's probably a hundred. There's an old shut down like gravel pit. So there's these huge gravel hills and we found a mattress. You yeah. remember when we climbed up top and we were sliding down like it's snow, which we never see snow in Southern Nevada. So this is the closest we're going to get is like tight too. Right. So we're coming down this dirt. We're having a good time. And now it's time to get out of there. And we start getting out. It's there. probably and 118 to 125, something in there. At least. And we're the coming. Degrees Fahrenheit. I got to say that in case somebody's listening <laughs> overseas because they use Celsius. Fahrenheit, yeah. 120. Yeah. So no fun. So we're we're getting out of there, and we you don't realize how many miles you went because you're excited to get there until now it's time to come home. It's and, also downhill, and, and you swamp. realize you're you're going uphill. It's hot. And, you got a flat tire. Are, I remember you oh, got a flat yes, tire. Yes. And you started getting stripes on your face to where you were almost heat stroking. I can see it. And he threw his bike down and we used oh, to try man. and be good kids, even though we would goof around. And I remember you started swearing up a storm, just like on Christmas story, when he's like, you know, when, when, uh, yeah. I wasn't my wasn't normal stuff. self because I, 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 I was stepping into like different realms or you something. You probably went to, yeah, you probably went to like a whole nother dimension and you said, F this bike, F this S, and you threw it on your bike. <laughs> and I picked your bike up. I'm like, come on, dude. And I'm pushing my bike and your bike with a flat tire. And we had soggy shoes, swamp water shorts, who knows what. It was crazy. So Adam's almost dying because he has the lines on his face of heat stroke. And yeah, we're like, what happens, Adam? We're still miles away. So I popped my shoe off. <laughs> <laughs> Now we go back to stuff in our shoes again, man. What is this? I pop no my shoe water. off. I pop my shoe off. I take my sock, my soggy sock off. Of swamp water and sweat. And I wring it out and I drink it. No! Yes! No! Think of the desperation. The coronavirus has nothing on me. Yeah. No, nothing can touch Adam. His Velcro shoes were crossed, so he would stay for many coups. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just kidding. It was bad to where he drank his sock swamp water out oh. of it. And he lived. We finally, <laughs> I was still pushing your bike because I felt bad. I had a flat tire. And we Dude. finally made it to that bait and tackle shop, which there wasn't much around at that point. And we went in there. We didn't even have any money to call home. So we had to call collect. Adam was almost dying. We're like, oh, oh, can you come pick us up at the bait tackle shop? Adam got a flat tire and he's dying and drinking water out of his sock. 
<laughs> true story. Oh, true story. We were probably oh. like 12. I don't know. But Dude. here we are and we're alive. We're and, okay, uh, man. Yeah. We're okay. It sounds like we might be on the, on the verge of a vaccine right there. That could almost, water. Me and Adam, oh, we should have filmed like Stand By Me Part 2. It was kind of like that. Yeah, we would try yeah. to find like dead bodies. I remember that one time you fell in that huge ditch out in the desert and we couldn't get you out because the walls kept crumbling. Yeah. And I had to take off my shirt and lean as far as I could and <laughs> pull him up out. It was probably like uh, 10 feet deep, but as he tried to jump and climb up, the walls would crumble. There was yeah. nothing to hold on to. And he's like, just go home and get my dad and get the truck and we'll get a rope or a ladder. And I said, Adam, we're like 10 miles. 15 miles away and by the time i take my bicycle it's gonna be hours so then i thought i'm gonna take my shirt off and i used that and gave it to him and i pulled him up out of this ditch and man you've been saving his life all these years i wanted to save him just for i owe my whole life to him yeah so i could come on this felt like many times over dude i'm like like mikey and everyone else on this uh, on this thing man i was the getaway i I was the getaway driver when we repelled remember that yeah. Tell yeah. that story. That's a good one. It doesn't sound that exciting, but it's cool. Every time I drive by the elbow, I think of you. Okay. So we got to do this one quick. Okay. So it was, we were at a church dance and we were bored out of our minds. And, of and I got me and Jimmy Wise, we were really into like repelling, rock climbing, stuff like that. So I had everything in my car. I drove an 86 Nissan Sentra that you drove out of the garage. Yeah, I was right? a getaway driver. So we went up to the top parking garage of, the Eldorado. There's probably about 20 kids in yeah. different vehicles, too. I was there. We have. She was there. She was part of the audience. We have the VHS tape, which I'm scared to play now because, it. I mean, I need to get it. Digital. Digitized, yeah. yeah. So he. So I go to rappel off the Eldorado Casino. We Why back not? up to the top. I throw the rope over. Around your bumper. I, yeah. I hook it all up. And then we back a truck. there's a guard at the bottom of Oh, the, there's cameras yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We know we're going to be seen. The bicycle right. rent-a-cop was on patrol. Yeah. So. So I jump over the edge and I repel. Right as you jumped over, you forgot to latch something. You you almost fell and died. I got over and I realized that to put your rope through that figure eight, I didn't do that final loop through the bottom thing. So I climbed back over, did it better. (laughs) Probably said a few more Christmas story swears or something. uh, I don't know. (laughs) And then I jumped over, rappelled down. And uh, everybody cheered and we all got. Yeah, we screamed, yelled and we get. I fall into the truck. I rappel into the truck. Chad unhooks and just drops the rope on me. So we're so I'm laying in the truck. So no one sees. They drive off. Chad now. Chad's the most. He's the bravest one because now he has to get out of the parking lot. I didn't go over the edge and of the thing. To go all but yeah, I had to. Yeah. Like, I was peeling out, driving so fast because I didn't want that rent a cop. No, 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 no. That Nissan Sentra couldn't peel out on a good day. <laughs> that thing was a piece Rather of junk. It was probably all the grease on the on the elbow parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he probably put some water on the tires and they were bald anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I killed out and so drove away. Out. And it was what bored kids did, you know. I mean, you'd get one way signs to divert the cat bus, or you'd repel down the side of the Eldo. Yeah, Eldorado. It's 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 slang for the Eldorado. Well, we we can we can explain some of those lyrics later. The Eldo. Right. So, but uh, but back to your original question. Well, the one thing that I do admire of Chad, especially growing up with him, is that when people ask because people will come up to me or they won't come up to me but in talking and they already know that we're cousins they know me they know no, no, chad no, no, no. what happens is adam and, brings and they, it up in yeah, every yeah, conversation yeah, usually i bring up but oh, but, like, but they yeah. always ask they ask man how's chad doing i said dude he's doing great and at the end at the end of it all it's like you know what he, he 
He's not a millionaire, but you know what? He's doing what he loves. Out of anyone that graduated that 95 year of basic high, I don't know anyone. I mean, we all, I like my job. You like your job. Everyone likes their job. But that dream job, I was supposed to be playing professional baseball. And somewhere along the line, that, that didn't work. But your dream at 15 was to rock. And you're still rocking today. And I and I Thanks applaud God. that. Yeah, I think that's God. freaking awesome. Yeah. That even you know, that teenage dream of what you're gonna do, because we all had those dreams, but then reality checks in and we we go the more responsible way. I'm not saying you're not responsible. Or, 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 I'm all about no, not always the responsible way. A lot of times that water gets diverted to the irresponsible <laughs> yeah. side too. But I admire you, Chad. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it so much. The stories have been awesome. I'm glad we had a good youth growing up. And, oh, uh, it was one of the wonderful. new lyrics in the I song. Change I'll, it I'll give a little cheat right sock, here. Sock swamp water. I say a line in one of the new songs. It's not even recorded yet. It's just scratch stuff. But I say, there are no rules that say you have to grow up grow older but never grow up that one's for you what's up yes. yeah it's one of i like it songs. i like it so i we appreciate you doing this you oh, have we'll uh, you popped we'll our live cherry here yeah. and we are grateful to do this grateful to come on the show and you're always always welcome to come back it. on the you show know what they say in iowa they say get her done <laughs> yes. Get her done, but they, they usually only do stuff it. like halfway. A they lot of projects are only halfway done. It's just a saying; it's not a philosophy. Yeah, but yeah, we'll come back and we'll get her done. Yes, please do. I don't and, really and, talk and, like that. I'm sorry. No. There's another yeah, we, funny thing: yeah, that how you say soda. How you say soda? There's a thing on Facebook that you can do a test if you say pop or whether you say fizzy drink or soda cola. or soda or cola. Could tell where you're from, and I did the test one time, and it yeah. said you're from the West Coast. Oh really? Yeah. And what was West Coast? Just soda? soda. Yeah, soda. Yeah. Oh, we don't pop. Who calls it pop? Really? Yeah. Some people call it soda pop. Some people call it I, I like to call it fizzy lifting drink like on Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. But I appreciate all the kind words. We appreciate the you next time us. you're in Vegas, please come to the show. We'll we'll, we'll put pop. it out there again and get you ready for your show again. Well, but but so what you're saying, there is no end to Hemlock. Hemlock's gonna rock forever. Hemlock forever. Wonderful. And then, hey, real quick, when's the new uh, album dropping? Or can't, do we know yet? We don't know yet. It hasn't We're been just... mailed to, to your house yet? No, we haven't even recorded it yet. Sorry, John. Because <laughs> it's crazy right now. Because which... that's what I was thinking, too. I'm thinking, how do I get that Schwann's job by their house? It's crazy with <laughs> recording studios and all that right now. We're in a crazy time, so we figured we would just keep moving forward. I'm going to try to track all the vocals as much as I can and then send off the tracks to a studio to our good friend James. He's going to try to do some mixes and see what we can do because you're not allowed to go places right now. It's crazy. Everybody's I, I'm going to get some Velcro shoes and cross them so that way people know I'm at least being safe. There yeah. you go. Well, right on, man. Thank you so much. Thank this you. has been an awesome show. And love, uh, love you guys. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Thanks to you for everyone that has tuned in that has contributed on our board here. Thank you for putting all this information. There's some stuff we didn't get to read, but thank you so much for listening and, uh, and the bus drivers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mikey says this was awesome. More, more, all but right. he wants an encore, but you know, we're grateful for everyone, uh, tuning in and, and participating in this. So we'll definitely do it again. And please check out our other show. We're on iTunes, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. So please check out staying in trouble and, uh, we will see you later. No time for sorrow. Woo! That was awesome. Thanks. Freaking great.